Hey, special educators, I'm Jennifer from Positively Learning. Welcome to the Special Educators Resource Room. If you're like me, you're always looking for ways to save time and streamline your work. That's why this podcast was created to give you the systems and solutions you need to get your time back. Tune in for tips, tricks, and tools that will help you manage your workload and make the most of your time. Whether you're brand new or experienced, all are welcome in the Special Educators Resource Room. Hey, Special Educators, this is Jennifer from Positively Learning. This is such a fun episode because it's another request and it was based on something I said in a couple of episodes ago. So I was talking about packing up for the end of the year. It's um, episodes 19 and 20. And what I mentioned was that we were just trying a lot of throwing spaghetti at the wall the last few weeks of school. I was trying out activities that maybe I had planned earlier in the year, but for some reason had hadn't used them and just wanted to see how they would go. I like doing this at the end of the year because it's something new and different and because our routines are in such a good spot that if they didn't go so well, I could make that activity disappear and we'll never try it again. But what I also found was I found some gems and when they were good, I was able to keep them for the following year. And I mentioned some examples and that is where I got the most feedback and people asked me for more examples. So I thought it would be fun to do a this or that special education edition. I will share the different things I've tried over the years and how it went. All right, the very first one is glue sticks or glue sponges. Now I will say I love both. I had a difficult time using glue sticks because of just watching how they were cared for, even though we practiced. It still was a little difficult. I think those suckers are expensive. I didn't do a lot of cut and paste also because of the just the time involved. I know it's an awesome fine motor skill, but it was just, we just didn't have a lot of classroom instructional time, um, free time to do things like that. Now, there was one year I did try glue sponges and I will say they completely changed my mind. Cut and paste made a huge comeback. Glue sponges, I learned them from Greg at Kindergarten Smorgasbord. He's got a lot of tutorials out there. I followed them to a T. They were amazing with my students. My students were amazing with them. I thought they'd be slimy, I don't really like touching sponges and things like that. They give me the creeps, but no, these were a huge hit and I definitely would recommend cut and paste activities after experiencing that. All right, the next category is pencil grips. I have tried every type, the fun kind, the ergonomic kind. I've tried everything, expensive kind and cheap kinds, nothing stuck with my students. They were either just terribly uncomfortable, even if they really wanted to use it because it was a cute one, it just did not last in my classroom. But I did use golf pencils and that was a worked perfectly fine for my students. I would buy them in a hundred pack. I bought the name brand. I bought um, Ticondraga. You know what I'm trying to say. I did buy that and I will just say That's the only brand I used in my classroom. It was worth it to me. So golf pencils over pencil grips. The next one is dry erase sleeves 
or dry erase boards? My answer is both. We used both daily. In my small groups in the inclusion classroom, I often used dry erase sleeves and I would prepare them by putting in double-sided papers. You know, one facing one side, we can flip it over and it's another. So maybe one side has a graphic organizer we're using and then the other side might have some um, visual cues for my students like letter formation or number formation or whatever it needs to be. But we used those. In my resource room, we often just grabbed a stack of dry erase boards because it was just faster. So that brings me to dry erase markers, Expo or an (laughs) off-brand. That's a funny this or that, but I will say I think I'm the only person in this community who does not prefer Expo. My students would um, ruin the tops trying to put the lid on. No matter how careful they were, they would get that fuzziness and then they would dry out real quick. Sometimes um, we pressed too hard and that tip disappeared. So I used the Staples brand. They lasted much, much longer. They are messier. So when you wipe them clean, they still wipe perfectly well, but they just come off really fast so that that can make a mess. But it was worth it to me to have them last a long time and to always have a good marker. Oh, and then my teacher tip for that is I always get the same color. So for the most part, it was just always black markers because then we don't have to think about um, who has what color and so on. Nope, everybody has the same. I'm sure all teachers feel the same way. All right, so now let's move into a new section and this is going to be just a quick rundown of things I've tried and I'm going to give a quick yes or a no. All right, craftivities, no. Mentor sentences, yes. Adapted books, unfortunately this was a no. I love them. I think they are fantastic, but I did not have the bandwidth um, to prepare them. So I did have some adapted book resources. I would just use them in a different way, putting them into a binder, sheet protector, hole punching them, making them into a flip book, something like that. Highlighters, yes. If you have a class that cannot handle highlighters, I suggest using yellow crayons. So you know how yellow Crayola comes with a couple different yellow shades. Grab some of those and just keep a small bin of just the yellow crayons that can come out if you have students that are not going to be able to handle highlighters. All right, let's see what else. Sentence strips. Yes. Sentence strip holders. Absolutely. We had a full-size one in the resource room that we used almost every day. I also had the tabletop kind. I found them at Lake sure, but I also found some at garage sales and my students absolutely loved using them. Pointers, yes. Stickers, no. Instead, we used stinky markers like um, Mr. Sketch or the kind that you can get at Target that have like little faces on them. And those were huge hits. We used those instead of stickers or stamps, which we had used previously. It was so much easier to switch to these markers because I could do more with the markers. I could grade work. I could do a little stamp on your hand. And my students absolutely love the scents. Um, Let's see, sticky notes. Yes, I could teach a whole lesson with sticky notes because my students were so fascinated by them. All right, word banks. Yes, visual recipes. It's a no, but they are really fun. We enjoyed using them at the very end of the school year. Uh, Teacher teas. Yes, lamination. Yes, hot laminator. Yes, cold laminator. No, don't make that mistake that I made. Clothes pins, like for task cards. 
Mine was a big yes, but I will say, do not get those small little wooden ones from Michael's that are really, really cute. I did not have luck with those. They were just way too small for my students and they broke really easily. The best ones I found were the full size that looks like just a regular clothespin, but they were plastic and they came in primary colors. Those were a huge hit. Let's switch gears back to this or that community supplies or individual student supplies. Now your school may have some guidelines about students having their own supplies, but if they don't, I highly recommend community supplies. Everybody has what they need. It becomes a non-issue. I always want to make sure I'm protecting as much instructional time as possible. Door open or door closed. I always wanted to keep it open so everyone could see how awesome we are. We were often felt like we were forgotten in the school. However, there were some years where it was just too distracting or we were struggling with elopement. So then we had to have the door closed. Color ink or black and white? I only had access to black and white at school, but I also preferred to use black and white because then I could use bright paper and it was just easier to color code. <laughs> Flare pens or ink joy? I don't know what it is. I've tried ink joy many times. I just can't get into it. And I know that some of you are going to hate to hear that. I just don't understand how they are supposed to work. They just did not work well for me. So I am flare pen. However, just about a week ago on my Facebook page for Positively Learning, someone suggested Amazon brand flare pens. And thank you so much. If you're listening, they are awesome. They are just half the price or maybe even less than that. And they're exactly the same. So thank you so much. All right, back to some yes or no's. Microphones. I had my students use echo microphones. Those are the plastic kind. There's no kind of mechanics to it. My students absolutely loved them. But I did um, try some more expensive ones, like the kind that have amplify, like some kind of battery or something like that. The gold sparkly one that was huge one year. And I did not like it. It didn't really work that well. I ended up giving it to another teacher. I highly recommend those really cheap echo microphones you can get at Target Dollar Spot. I think mine came from like a toddler music class. All right, yes or no, clipboards. I really want to say yes. I had half-size clipboards for my students to use so that they could move around the room if we were using flexible seating, and they weren't awesome. I really tried with them, but my students just kept dropping them. They were super clangy, and then they those parts that clip, I always thought their fingers were going to get caught or they couldn't get their paper inserted. I did end up using whiteboards with a binder clip some years, but even that was kind of more trouble than it was worth. But for myself, I love clipboards. All right, using storage bins. Absolutely, yes. Using trays. Oh my goodness, yes. I got those big, sturdy trays one year at the Target Bullseye. I bought every single one they had, and I love them because you can lay them on the floor and just assemble all of your tasks and paper like in one assembly line and then stack them back up and students could just grab one and go. That was a huge time saver for us. Pencil pouches. My um, heart says yes, my head says no because they were hard to zip and unzip and they didn't stack as nice and they just didn't look as cute as I imagined them in my head. So we did use the rainbow photo storage boxes, four by six inch for everything. I used them for my own supplies. I had my students use it for task boxes, loved them. So next one is a teacher toolbox. Those are the ones that look like a fish tackle box and you label them, super cute. 
I did go full out and got some really nice ones. I had some that I spray painted. I had a cute red one, a teal one. They were awesome. My students were obsessed with them. I ended up not using them for myself because I could take things out and label them, but nothing was going to go back in. <laughs> that just took a lot of time. I wasn't into it. So what I did is I ended up turning them into student centers. I have these in my TPT shop and I have one for literacy and some for counting. They're themed and my students loved them. And it was really nice because I was able to set them up. Oh, we even have them for makerspace. I was able to set them up, put all the supplies in them, and then students would move to an activity. There it was. Everything stayed in one spot. So if you have some of those in your garage or basement, time to dig them back out and you can use them for student resources. All right, the next one is shaving cream, as in putting it on the table. Students are like, write words with them, and then you clean it up. That's going to be a no. We have done it and we have pictures and that was evidence enough that that was not something we're going to do again. Same thing with geo boards. We might bring them out once a year for an exploration activity, but then they're going to go away. And if you do use them for learning activities, you're going to have to tell me your secret because I would love to try that again. Uh, well, I did have my students write directly on the table with dry erase markers. They always loved doing that and it cleaned up so easily. Sometimes my students would struggle with the amount of space. So I would have to pre-draw lines to give them a, a visual concrete uh, boundary, but that worked out just fine. All right, the next one, word wall or sound wall? We did both. So we had a sound wall and we also had a word wall using snap words. If you don't know what those are, I highly recommend looking them up. They were our bread and butter. They were absolutely wonderful. So it wasn't a traditional word wall that you would see, but the snap words were always there. We were huge on environmental print, so that was also displayed all over the room that my students could reference. Uh, let's talk about flexible seating, yes or no. Yes and no. So we did try flexible seating. There were a few years I would just be heavily influenced and get some things. I really wish I hadn't like the scoop rockers. They were so cute. My students were really excited, but they were not very comfortable in them, even though they were the correct size. So I would find that they would be in them, but it was really difficult for them to focus. The best one were the wobble cushions that you could use, either use on the floor or you could put them in a chair. And those were the biggest winners. Um, I also highly recommend, and I might do a whole episode on this, if you're doing flexible seating, I would highly recommend not getting rid of your tables and chairs. But that is part of student choice because believe it or not, I had students choose that and I would give some options. I'd have tables set up for tables with two or three students. I'd also put some single desks and my students preferred that. That was their choice. I would even put headphones that didn't connect to anything, but I'd have headphones there so they could put those on and just block out, you know, and have their time. That was something that was a really big um, hit in my classroom. Next thing I want to mention is a calm down corner. Is that going to be a yes or a no? So I definitely want you to hear the next episode where I dive into this and I will just give a hint right now. It's both. It's a yes and a no. Yes for a calm down corner, but not exactly a corner. <laughs> so you're going to have to stay tuned to the very next episode. I will explain what I mean. If you're already using one, I don't want you to miss this. And let's finish up with classroom themes. I did not do a theme. Instead, my theme was 
clean and safe. Um, if you saw my school, that was that was our theme in life. And what I did is I just had a very neutral palette. So I used black and white, and then I would let the pops of color come from student work. So I would set up the amazing work coming soon and I would layer it on mostly black and white scrapbook paper that had like some polka dots or stripes or whatever, different patterns. And then my students' work would lay on top of it. So at all times when you walked into my room, it was bright and it was light, but it was coming from my students' work. And that's the way I loved it. I did try student-generated themes Um, having them make the visuals for the classroom, like the number line and the alphabet and the word wall and headers and things like that. I tried it many times. I have a blog post on this and I really should come back in this summer and do a whole episode on what I learned. It was pretty much a disaster. They weren't visuals that we could actually refer to. However, I did figure it out because I was real stubborn and didn't want to give it up. I wanted my students to be see their work everywhere. So I did figure it out and I can let you in on some of those secrets. So if you're interested in student generated work, let me know and I will come back and do a whole new episode. All right, I think we should wrap it up now. This is one of my longest episodes, but I hope you enjoyed it. It was not too heavy as far as talking about theory and best strategies, but instead just some of the things that we did and some of the things we enjoyed. I hope you got some great ideas. And if you love something that I gave a big giant no to, that's perfectly fine. All of our students are in different places and need different things, and that is what makes you such a special teacher. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'm dying to ask, what'd you think? Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show notes and links for everything mentioned in this episode at PositivelyLearningBlog.com. See you next week for more special education solutions.